Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode. This is going to be a slam-packed episode of Georgia Recruiting Rumors versus Facts. I'm Blaine Gilmer here with Jed May and Trent Smallwood. We're part of the recruiting staff here at UGASports.com, and that recruiting lull is over with, that dead period kind of. August is over with. Now people are starting to make those visits once again. It started at Clemson uh, or at the Clemson game where people were uh, prospects were able just to come be in the stands, guys, but now a home visit. Uh, Jed, I'm going to throw it to, to you first because you were you were there, you know, Saturday and saw a lot of these guys. In fact, you got a, you know, you were the rebel that you are, Jed. You you got you know in trouble for trying to take pictures without a photo uh, photo vest on. They kicked you out of there. So, uh, what'd you what'd you see and and kind of come across there, Jed, when you were down on the field seeing some of these guys there on their visits? Uh, before I saw UGA Sports Information staff screaming at me. Um, pistols in hand um there there were a lot of recruits there obviously a first home game um especially for these 23 guys a lot of the, the first time they'd been to a game and that's kind of what it seemed mostly the crowd skewed toward was these 23 recruits um so yeah it seemed like they were all having a good time i've talked to four or five kids i think every one of them mentioned the food which i thought was interesting apparently the wings blew everybody away pre-game but um yeah it seemed like a bunch of guys having a good time pre-game during the game post-game all that kind of stuff yeah, I got to figure out where these wings were from. I've got a piece coming out on Sammy Brown, and he said they were the best wings he's ever had in his life. So uh, I've I've really got to find out. I got to do a return visit here with Sammy and find out where these wings were from. But Trent, uh, you you know, been covering Georgia recruiting a long time. Uh, you know, when it comes to these on campus visits and these game day visits, the environment that's there in Sanford Stadium, uh, Georgia really you know does it as good as anybody. Do they not? Yeah, and that and that's one area that that really hurt Georgia recruiting last year because uh, Kirby's organized when it comes to recruiting. He, he's organized when it comes to these visits. Um, you know the 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 schedules of these visits, the the what these prospects uh, do on these visits is, is very thorough, and uh, and and that's what it was lacking last year with the COVID year. But um, yeah, that he. Guys, and and this was the opportunity to get a bunch of younger kids on there, get to know them and their families, and uh, I thought it was a, you know turned out to be a good result. Yeah, I mean, in terms of you, you talk about younger guys. There were guys there all the way down to the twenty twenty six class. Yes, a eighth grader, Juju Lewis. It was a if you don't know the name Juju Lewis, uh, I know it's you know people say oh we don't want to hear about a guy that's not even entered high school yet, but trust me. Juju Lewis has that quarterback hype around him, that same type of hype that a Deshaun Watson, that a Justin Fields, that a Trevor Lawrence had, uh, and he's going to be phenomenal in that Carrollton program over there. But, uh, Jed, uh, you, you know, you've you've talked to plenty of the prospects that were there, so, you know, just kind of give people a rundown of some of the guys that you've talked to and some of their reactions here before we uh, start getting into the upcoming commitment announcements that will be here this month. Yes, yeah, so I spoke with a pair of 2023 offensive linemen. I spoke with Madden Sanger from South Paulding High School and um, Big Vison Lang from over in Alabama. And then as well as um, Raul Aguirre, a 2023 linebacker that Georgia is, is pursuing pretty hard. And they all, they all, you know, sort of mentioned a couple of things, the food, obviously, but also they both mentioned, or they all mentioned kind of the, the atmosphere around Athens. You know, Raul said, you know, they were driving through campus and there were tailgates set up and, and people everywhere. You know, Madden Sanger was very impressed by that. And they all kind of mentioned the vibe that, you know, in Athens, everything stops for a Georgia football game day. We, we've all been to those games. We know that to be true. 
and and they they that really stuck out to them that really impressed them as well as just the fan attendance at the game you know someone as, as someone who was there i mean me personally i'll be honest i did not think the stadium would be as full as it was just being uab it was 3 30 it was it was on the warmer side especially sitting in the sun stadium you know it got pretty full there in the first half before um you know it started thinning out at halftime so that the crowd atmosphere the atmosphere around campus were two things that um that, that really stuck out to those guys Trent, uh, anybody that kind of caught your eye that was maybe there on this first little round of, of visits, any guys that you saw on social media or anything that kind of stood out? I know there's some bigger names and and the more pertinent classes coming for South Carolina, but anybody in this game that that you know was interesting to you? I mean, uh, you know, I, it's important to get these. 2023 guys like Madden Sanker who are big uh, targets, uh, but but I guess uh, another one that stood out was uh, a Buford commit that just recently. I mean, uh, not Buford commit, sorry, uh, Alabama commit from hey, Buford. Uh, Buford. Buford has plenty of commits all the time too. So don't worry about it. Um, uh, I mean, I guess that one stood out to me. I still don't think uh, that that Georgia is pushing extremely hard for his uh, services, but uh, it is interesting uh, nonetheless. Oh yeah, uh, Jake Jake Pope being there, um, he he does have a lot of friends on that UGA team. So who who knows? He may have just been you know kind of coming there and exchanging pleasantries and taking advantage of a situation. Or Georgia could still be pushing. Uh, we're we're you know we've heard mixed reports on that throughout the day. Jed in the YouTube chat, your Red Sox shirt is getting a lot of attention over here. So some people uh, want you to be wearing more. Uh, Georgia colored themes. We've heard about our colors before. Yeah, Jed, red. Some people, got red right here. Some people are saying that they love the Red Sox shirt. So Jed's uh, shirt choice making news Ooh. once again. But yeah. I agree with you, Trent. I, the one that I was most, you know, intrigued by was uh, Sammy Brown being there, seeing Georgia for the second straight week. I know he's only twenty twenty four, but um, I'm telling you, I haven't seen this young man play in. Georgia Bulldog football just put on the chat. Jed is fired. So, Jed, I think you just got fired. I don't know. But uh, like, you played twice in three days. You've been fired. So. <laughs> All right. Look, look, if this is getting this much attention, I got to defend it. Short story went to New England with my girlfriend this summer, had to go to Fenway while we were up there. And, you know, you go up there, you get a Red Sox shirt. I didn't even think about it. I was wearing it till like 10 minutes ago. So, <laughs> there we I go. Like it. it fits good. It's comfortable. It's so, clean. I got red right there. It's clean. Yeah, exactly. It's clean. So, you know, I, there's no pleasing some people out there, so I don't know. I could <laughs> but, wear a new uh, dog outfit and I'd get yelled at. Speaking of, ple- speaking of pleasing people, though, there's already people on the vault uh, daily, you know, talking about Sammy Brown. It seems like every week, you know, he does something uh, phenomenal for Je- that undefeated Jefferson team. I'll have a story that that's, uh, you know, coming out on him tomorrow, but he's seen Georgia there against um, – against Clemson up in Charlotte. He was sitting in the Georgia section. And then, of course, he's got the uh, the visit, you know, to see them, you know, put it on UAB, uh, a team that I think a lot of people are, are slighting because of just how bad Georgia beat them. But really, that team will, will go on to be pretty good, I still believe. So um, you have, you know, guys like that that Georgia is really trying to invest in early uh, and people that are, you know, Oh, uh, we lost Trent there. So let me. Trent put on. Uh, so in terms of in terms of that, that's what I think is most Im- most impressive when it comes to the 2023 and 2024 guys. But now we're going to turn our attention to some commitments that are coming up. And Jed, uh, we know that Saturday, 
CJ Madden is going to be uh, announcing his college decision. Uh, when it comes to CJ Madden, he's the talented Cedar Grove linebacker. Speaking of Cedar Grove, Christian Miller is there. I talked to him, you know, following this uh, firing of of uh, Clay Helton out at USC. And, you know, he simply responded back Georgia and Ohio State. So he's, he's uh, you know, narrowing his focus to those two. Seems like Georgia's got a lot of momentum there. But in terms of C.J. Madden, his teammate, uh, Georgia, we've all had future cast in for him for uh, a while now. And it seems like um, that is going to be, you know, really, I think Georgia's to lose when it comes to C.J. Madden. Is that kind of the feeling that you're getting? Yeah, you know, I mean, we've we've like you said, we've all kind of thought Georgia was leader going back, you know, pretty much all summer. You know, he really kind of burst. Or I don't know about burst on the scene, but ever since you know the beginning of June, his name started you know gaining a little more traction. And ever since, you know, I, I would say at least the end of June, if not even earlier, it kind of became apparent that he was one, starting to become one of Georgia's top targets. And you know, he he kind of felt the same about the Bulldogs. So yeah, feeling good about Georgia's chances there. Um, I know Tennessee and Auburn have have kind of come into things as of late, but but um but still definitely feel like Georgia's got the lead there and is in a good position ahead of this commitment. Yeah, Trent, uh, when when we lost you there, we were talking about C.J. Madden. He's got his commitment announcement coming up Saturday. Uh, as soon as he decommitted from – you know, I, I was talking to him when he got his first visits there into Georgia this summer, went to camp and things like that, um, and he told me that, you know, Georgia was making it really hard on him to stay committed to Colorado – he decommitted immediately then. I put in a future cast for him thinking, you know, that's where he's going to end up. Is there any reason to believe that uh, C.J. Madden doesn't become a Georgia Bulldog? No, I don't think so. Not right now. I, I really think that Georgia's been the team, um, you know, for for several months now. And I, and I think that'll that'll stand true when he announces his commitment. And I think Georgia's, you know, been the team to beat. And I think that'll uh, help out with the Christian, William, uh, Christian Miller sweepstakes also. Yeah, and I think um, I, exactly right. We just talked about Christian Miller. Why, why you uh, you know lost to lost the service there? We we said that you know I texted him right after Clay Helton got fired, asking for his thoughts on it, and he simply re- replied Georgia and Ohio State. But I do think C.J. Madden, one of his teammates, being uh, recruited so heavily, heavily, and Lee, who it was with uh, Christian Miller and CJ Madden up at the Georgia and Clemson game in Charlotte. He is, I would say Georgia and Ohio state are the top two for him as well. So definitely just, it's, it's going to be, you know, maybe some influence there with CJ Madden can, can be a guy that can do some on recruiting if he does in, indeed, uh, select Georgia this Saturday, which we all three expect him to, um, on top of that. And I'm going to try to play, uh, put this on the screen without the, uh, without the sound blaring like it did on us a while ago, Jed. So bear with me on that. But I have a, a video here. Yeah, I have a video here of of Oscar Delp this past Friday against Walton. And this was one of the more impressive routes, uh, adjustments, catches that I've seen uh, against a good defensive back and and Marcus uh, Allen that is committed to North Carolina. He tried to get him on a hitch and go, made an adjustment, ball thrown behind him. He goes into the end zone. So I'll let that uh, play play a couple of times here just so people can see. This is the kind of stuff you're seeing out of Brock Bowers, right, through the first two games. A guy who uh, has incredible run, uh, you know, route running ability, is able to change directions, 
is able to have has enough speed to kind of break away from people when he needs to and is still still very uh very much so a strong tight end they use oscar delp a lot when it comes to being a heavy blocker in the in the running game over there and they did so as well when dylan fairchild was there at west Forsyth. so it's really kind of you know clemson south carolina and georgia at this point for oscar did an interview with him after the Walton game, and he kind of said so. He went to Clemson this past week to see them play some directional school. Uh, you know, he's going to see Georgia and South Carolina, two of the other teams in his top three this week at Georgia. And then two weeks from that, he's having to go to uh, South Carolina to watch them play against Troy. Then a decision comes after that. Trent, uh, gut feeling on Oscar Delp with, you know, Clemson and South Carolina being the other two in the mix. I mean, I would have to say that that what Georgia's done so far up to this point, you know, kind of uh, highlighting that tight end position uh, with with Brock, and not even having their starting tight end. Uh, I guess I guess he's still the starting tight end with the way Brock's played. But I guess that number one tight end, Darnell Washington, uh, at the beginning of the year, not having him yet. I, I mean, I think I think that's uh, uh, you know put a lot on his mind. I, I think Georgia's the team to be. I think Georgia was the team to beat for the season, and I think it's only helped that. Uh, with the way that they've used the tight end. No doubt. And and here's an example of him being a lead blocker here right on the edge, just, you know, clearing away for his running back. Uh, I think it's Peyton Drasco, I think is his name. I, I, he, this young man's not really being recruited anywhere, but number 22 for West Forsyth guys had six touchdowns on Friday night. It was a unbelievable performance for that young man. But you can see right here, on the edge, uh, Oscar Delp is not only a, a receiving tight end, but he can get it done blocking as well. And I think that's what uh, Todd Hartley likes so much about his game. So I really expect Georgia, uh, you know, this Saturday to pick up that commitment uh, in, um, in C.J. Madden. And then October uh, – excuse me, I'm trying to remove that from the, from the screen um, – October 2nd or afterwards, Oscar Delp come on board. And then, Jed, there's a 2023 that I think everybody needs to keep an eye out for as well. Yeah, Bo Hewley, a 2023 offensive offensive tackle, or you know, whatever that means in high school, um, is committing, I think we said September 24th, I think, yeah. or 22nd, somewhere right in there. Um, really impressive. You know, we saw him at the five-star challenge um, back in June. Really impressive there. You know, he's one of several in-state guys in that 2023 class. That's that's really impressive along that offensive line. And, you know, Madden Sanker, Georgia, you know, is is in a good position with him. But obviously, you know, Bo Hewley's got the got the domino set to fall first. He was in Athens um, for the cookout. And I believe he was there this past week. Yeah, he came this past weekend, yeah. too. So, um, you know, Georgia looks to be in a good position there. I don't know. You know, I'm not putting any in wouldn't put a future cast in at this at this very second but you know it is noteworthy that i guess his last two visits have been to athens yeah i think georgia is going to end up here in the next between now so in the next month i think georgia picks up multiple commitments in in multiple classes uh, i think it, it, it's really really uh, going to start picking up you know in terms of momentum for georgia in the class of 2022 and 2023 now Guys, we have to talk about uh, Clay Helton gets fired today, and I know we've, we're going to have some questions on this, so we may double dip a little bit on our once we start hitting vault questions. But Clay Helton gets fired at USC today. Some people think, uh, you know, much too late. Some people uh, think it, it was, you know, them pulling the trigger a little quick. But regardless, 
it's going to have recruiting implications directly involving the University of Georgia when you talk about uh, Michael Williams, one of the most coveted in-state prospects uh, for for Georgia, five-star uh, outside linebacker, defensive end, you know, hybrid type type role player. Georgia and Dan Laney recruiting him at the Jack position. Um, Trent, what are you uh, what are you hearing right now on on Michael? I mean, yeah, I think Georgia had some momentum before this news, and I think this only helps that news. Um, I know Georgia's been in constant contact with him, uh, even uh, up to today, and uh, I think that uh, th- this only helps matters. I think, uh, you know, a lot of it depends on, like, positional coaches and stuff like that, but, uh, you, you know, you, you just can't imagine uh, a new coach coming in and keeping the whole staff, and you won't know that and, until they bring a new coach in, which, you know, could be all the way up to December. Mm-hmm. Uh, before, you know, naming a coach. So uh, a lot goes into it, but I do think Georgia had some momentum going into the day, and I think this, you know, this only pushes that forward. Yeah, there's some rumors out there that a guy in Jacksonville says his heart's no longer in coaching the NFL or something. He may be, may be resigning from the Jacksonville Jaguars, Urban Meyer. I don't know. Could that have something to do with Clay Helton getting fired today? Well, who knows? But uh, we'll, that, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Is that what because he had to cut Tebow? Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what uh, what happens there. But Jed, you've talked to Michael, uh, not only Michael, but his family as well. What you know, just in the when you went and saw him uh, a couple weeks ago, and then the conversations you've had with him and his family. What's what's kind of been your feel of this situation with Michael Williams it leading up to this uh, firing of Clay Hilton? Yeah, it's like Trent said. You know, George has been in constant contact with him. You know, before he committed to USC and after. You know, and then speaking with him. He said, you know, obviously he's being recruited by Dan Lanning, you know, the whole, you know, where they're recruiting him as a defensive end. Now it's more of a Jack, you know, outside linebacker deal, but also Del McGee, who obviously, as everyone knows, got ties to that Columbus area. He said his dad and Del McGee, you know, talk about the old days in Columbus. He said something about, you know, a mall being where the library is now or something. So, you know, there, there's definitely that Columbus connection there. Um, so like Trent said, there's definitely Georgia ties there. There have been for a long time and, the, the uncertainty at USC now with the head coach and the positional coaches and all that kind of stuff, it's only going to help Georgia's case here. And you know, even if Clay Hilton had stayed, you know, Michael could have definitely ended up flipping to Georgia. So, um, you know, I would, I would say those chances have only gone up today. No doubt. And uh, guys, while we're at it, we want to thank uh, Dead Soxie for sponsoring the show that you can get. I, I was in a store up in uh, Blue Ridge, Georgia the uh, last weekend and uh, saw some uh, dead soxy socks in the store there, you know, high quality, uh, you know, socks and, and things like that. And we appreciate uh, having them as a sponsor here on the, on the show and all, and on the various shows of UJSports.com. You can see promo codes and all that kind of stuff on that over on the UJSports.com website. And uh, speaking of that, on the vault is where we, you know, the loyal vit listeners and the loyal uh, posters on the vault is who we answer questions from first. So we're going to go ahead and roll with our first one from Speedy Dog. As always, I'll let them scroll across the screen while we're talking about them, and I'll read them off. As of today, who does Georgia finish with at DL, linebacker, DB, and wide receiver, excluding guys already committed to us. So I think wide receiver is the easiest one to go out and and target in terms of that who who Georgia ends up with. They've already got um, they've already got Denial on Morissette. They've already got 
Cole Spear, and they've already got Dylan Bell. I think there's only room for one more in the class, and that's either going to be Luther Burden or Shaz Preston, in my opinion. Uh, so, so it's going to be one of those two guys. So one one of those. Trent, defensive back wise, uh, we we think there's probably room for three more, right? And uh, you know, out of out of those those three guys that they're really targeting, Kamari Wilson, Jaheim Singletary, and uh, Julian Humphrey, do you have any? Seems like there's even more momentum here recently with Julian Humphrey. Uh, you know, with some communications that George has had with him. Uh, any 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 thoughts on that DB slot and and uh, who ends up in this class of 2022? Yeah, I really like Georgia for Kamari Wilson. I think that that is one that Georgia's uh, been in from the start and uh, continue to have that momentum right now. And uh, and but the you know it, it'll be interesting how this Singletary and uh, uh, Humphreys work out. I, I do think Georgia's has. Um, I, I do think Georgia has a legit chance for both of them. Um, I, I'm not sure they land both of them in the end, but I do think Georgia will land at least one of those guys. Uh, you know, uh, one of those guys and uh, and Kamari Wilson. But I mean, I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not throwing it out that 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 uh, that Georgia couldn't land on three. So absolutely. And, uh, and Jed, in terms of on the edge. Uh, because really at inside linebacker, inside linebacker is not going to be as big of a need because they got Xavier Sori uh, last year. They got Smile Mondon. So, you know, even though they're going to lose Nicobe Dean, they could end up, you know, losing, uh, you know, like Quay Walker and Channing Tindall, you know, depending on how well, you know, those guys play this year, things like that. But in terms of linebacker, I think you're looking more of that edge linebacker type guy. We've already talked about C.J. Madden, um, Shamar Stewart, and maybe Michael Williams, a flip of Michael Williams, or that—that's really the most realistic choices there. That's what I would say. Yeah, I mean, you've you've talked with Shamar Stewart a lot. George has been pushing for his last visit. He seems, you know, willing to to grant that request right now. So that's that's only good news for Georgia. And then, um, yeah, Michael Williams, like we just talked about, definitely a flip candidate. You know, at this time yesterday, and obviously that that chance has only gone up with the Clay Hilton news and all that kind of stuff. So definitely, those three guys are the ones that would circle and. And I know we're not talking about, um, you know, guys that are committed, but I saw Darius Smith play last weekend, and that guy looks like he could be a really, you know, one of the, the next line of those athletic freaks coming off. Yeah, I didn't realize before I went down there, dude is 6'6", every bit of 6'6". You know, I'm, I'm a tall guy, and I'm looking up at him like this during an interview, and then, you know, he's his rival's car lists at 225. He's every bit of that, if not a little more. So, And, um, and the wingspan on Darius yeah, Smith. I mean, it's, 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 it's silly. So that's another guy. You know, I know people have talked about, you know, I've seen people on the board, but oh, there's no way C.J. Madden's a top-edge target. Well, one, C.J. Madden's a good football player. Two, you know, Darius Smith looks like a guy that could really, um, you know, develop into a good player during his time in Athens. There's no doubt. And, and you, you look, too, you know, at what – I think everybody's got a mis, mis you know, conception of what Georgia's doing when they're recruiting guys, right? Not everyone is coming in to be what a Brock Bowers is, right? Brock Bowers was was brought in and they knew he was going to have to produce right off the bat. He was that kind of fit for them. There's some guys that are meant to be in a program and be a Latavius Brini, a Christopher Smith, someone who 
develops in the Georgia program. I think C.J. Madden will be a developmental guy. And I'm not saying that is no knock on C.J. Madden. He's going to be a good football player, but he's going to have the the ability to help out on things like special teams. You see uh, Chaz Chambliss doing that. As I told everybody before the season, they were like, why? You know, people were, were down on Chaz Chambliss. I said, Chaz Chambliss is going to play special teams this year for the University of Georgia, and it's going to be key, and, and he is. Uh, and, you know, I think C.J. Madden will have an opportunity to play special teams early. He's a big, big guy that can run. Uh, and, you know, when he when it comes to becoming that that edge guy, that the guy on the edge, that time will come for him, I think. But you're going to see C.J. Madden be able to do some good stuff if he does uh, indeed commit to Georgia and end up uh, signing with the University of Georgia. But on the defensive line, the last one on that question, I think that – Right now, when you're looking at true defensive line, uh, I think they're looking at trying to get one nose Trent and one three-technique type guy. I would pencil in Kristen Miller right now as that three-technique, and then your nose, I think, comes down to either Bear Alexander or Sean Washington. Yeah, I think so, too. I think uh, I think the D-line plays only help the chances of landing one of the big three, and I know that you know with, with Shaw committed to North Carolina – um, uh, Walter Nolan's still out there, but you know, nobody, I don't even think he knows what he's going to do tomorrow. So, uh, you know, I think it's going to come. I think Georgia does, uh, it, I think they have a legit chance to land one of those top guys. Uh, you know, Sean's still there too. And then I think, uh, Christian Miller is that, is that three tech go? Yeah. Yeah. That, so that's a, in terms of, excuse me, in terms of our questions here, that's the first one from Speedy Dog. Now we have, uh, Jay Dog, he says, based on how the defense is currently doing, Trent, like you just alluded to, how likely is it we see a ton of guys go pro after the season? Which position on defense do you think is more important to fill in the 2022 class? I think you're going to see the most guys go, and correct me if I'm wrong, Trent or Jeb, I think you're going to see the most guys go on Georgia's defensive line that you've seen in, in a long time. Uh, Georgia's going to produce a lot of defensive line ta talent, and I think Edge – Rusher will probably be next with Nolan Smith and and Adam Anderson. Uh, out of those two, Trent uh, positions, which one do you think is going to be more important for Georgia to fill this class? And I think defensive line is important, but I mean, uh, you know, you still have Jalen Carter, you still have Logue, you still have some guys that are contributing. Uh, Lon Walker. Yeah, yeah. You still got some guys that are that are contributing each and every game that are that can't go pro. Um, linebacker is going to be a position. Nakobe Dean, uh, um, Adam Anderson, uh, Nolan, uh, Nolan Smith. He, you're going to lose a lot of guys. I guess Robert Bill uh, is a mm -hmm. upper So you're going to lose a lot of guys off that. Uh, with Quay Walker too. Um, but but I think one of the most important positions you got to feel is if you lose. Uh, Lewis seen or not. I think that, uh, you know, as far as depth you're talking about, I think defense line and all that stuff, but you, you're going to lose some guys, but you have some guys ready to fill in. But safety is going to be uh, – if you lose Lewis seen, you really have nobody back there. So, uh, I think landing some elite safeties in this class is, is, is a must. Dan Jackson, next guy up on the, over there at the, at the safety position. Dan Jackson's been playing well for Georgia, honestly. He's a, he's a kid from North Hall High School, my alma mater, and he's uh, – he, he's playing on a lot of special teams for Georgia. He comes in on those uh, those those third and long situations and plays kind of a deep safety, almost rover type position there. So uh, Dan Jackson has stepped up for Georgia. But in terms of that depth, you're right. They need 
that Kamari Wilson, who would be the they've got Malachi Starks in the in the class, you know, but uh, really need that true safety uh, type guy, and that and that is uh, what Kamari Wilson would provide. So I agree that would be very very important. Uh, Jed, uh, we already touched on this one a little bit, but I'll still put it up there with USC looking like hot garbage and Clay Helton uh, looking like an utter doofus and now fired. Would you say? a Williams flip is more probable and seals Christian Miller. So Jed, uh, there's the softball. Let's you knock that one out of the park. <laughs> yeah, it's yes. I would say it's more probable. I mean, we've mentioned a couple of times, even, you know, at this time yesterday, we would say Christian Miller or Christian Miller, Micah Williams coming to Georgia was, you know, like a, a 60, 40 proposition, you know, maybe in favor of USC maybe, but I, I mean, if now, we could put future cast in for flips, I think everybody right, exactly. would put a few guys in. Exactly. Um, so now, I mean, I don't, you know, I, it, it's very, um, it would look good for Georgia there. You know, obviously, we've mentioned this with Julian Humphrey a couple of times too. He's still committed as of this second, um, but definitely on flip watch there. And then Christopher Miller, that's only going to help with Christopher Miller. You know, they're very close. Um, Mike Hill's, you know, fateful um, official visit to USC where he eventually committed. Christopher Miller was also there. So, that they're those two are very close and that would that would definitely only help Georgia's chances and I think it would work the other way around too if Kristen Miller decided to pull the trigger um and commit to the Bulldogs it would help um a potential flip from Michael Williams as well yeah there's no doubt about that there's there's connections there of course there's also connections to uh Chuck Smith the former Falcons defensive end he trains all uh Tyree West, he trains Michael Williams, and he trains Kristen Miller, all three together. He said they're all very close. If you go back in the kind of the archives on the UGA Sports YouTube channel or over on the podcast platform, guys, you'll see that uh, Chuck Smith's talking about those three together and how talented they are. So, uh, yeah, that, that definitely helps Georgia's chances for sure with the Clay Helton firing. And like Trent said, it'll be interesting to see what coach they – bring in there so lucky spear on the vault says which dog targets have significantly outplayed their ranking in the first few games of the season uh jed the first one that came to mind for me when i was uh dare smith that you went and saw last week i think he put on a show against uh tiff county did he not he did i mean he and i think i wrote this um either in the story i wrote about in bay or on the vault was he 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 played like a game wrecker, you know, on defense. He played like a guy that has that five-star, you know, and I think five-star defensive players, I think guys that can change the game. And he started off slow, didn't have a tackle in the first quarter, and then he had, I want to think he had eight tackles, three for loss. He had, he had a couple quarterback pressures. He had one that kind of, you know, quarterback ran away from him right into the arms of another guy. And he had a huge, um, you know, forced fumble in the fourth quarter there that um, that that helped Athlete County seal the win over tips. So, he played very well all game. He also lined up at receiver um, on a few plays. He didn't get a ball thrown his way, but, he, you know, that kind of showcases his athleticism there. And, you know, I talked to him because he plays 4-3 defensive end for Appling, and I asked him, you know, does Georgia see you not playing in this position? No. no. Oh, Trent, God. Trent okay. has thoughts on that. We'll, we'll let him make sure. <laughs> Trent, uh, Trent, has, Trent has disruptive thoughts, but we'll, we'll let him weigh in in a minute. But um, It's bad when he knocked the camera <laughs> <laughs> Trent, uh, Trent, another one that I, I think that you've seen a lot early this this season uh, that I think, even though he is highly rated as a as a four star, but has just played I think beyond what we even thought is Marquise Groves Killerbrew. I think he's he's really uh, exceeded expectations this year at North Cobb. Oh, he has I, on both sides of the ball. I think he's just he's just an electric athlete. I think he could 
That to to me, he he he's one of the top cornerbacks that I've seen. Uh, you know, we we don't get to see all the West uh, prospects, but as far as in the Southeast, he, he's he's one of the top guys I've seen uh, at the position, and uh, he definitely has a chance to move up. But I, I I would love to see him. I mean, of course, Northcom needs him on both sides of the ball, but if he uh, have those fresh legs to play cornerback the whole game, I would just love to see him just go up and lock somebody down because it, he has that ability to go lock somebody down. Yeah, uh, I think so, too. And, you know, you talk about playing both sides of the ball. Well, look at what's happened with Nylon Green, right? Uh, we Nylon Green is a guy who, when I talked to his uh, his coach, um, Newton, you know, when he when he was there, he said that if Nylon Green wanted to, he could be an All-American wide receiver if he yeah. focused just on receiver. And, he and man, he, he made some huge plays. Uh, for Newton at wide receiver. And now, lo and behold, Georgia's thin at receiver. Nylon Green's doing a little practicing over there, it looks like, on the offensive side of the ball. So uh, that's, you know, Marquise Grove, it just helps to have tremendous athletes like that. And then my final one, I would say, is Dylan Bell. Every time I try to go and, and uh, you know, see what the, the recruits did from the previous um, previous week, Dylan Bell always pops out having two or three scores a game. It seems like he's he's kind of in that same mold that Jackson Meeks was last year in, in his class where he just really burst out on the scene. He's a big, physical guy, uh, really a man amongst boys type guy. Once he has the ball in his hands, he's very hard to bring down, has powerful uh, a powerful lower half. They line him up at Wildcat quarterback and do different things with him. So uh, Dylan, Dylan Bell is someone – that I really think is outplaying uh, his ranking at this point in time as well. So now let's go to the next one. We got Pine Tree here. Do you think we have a real shot at Shaz Preston? I know Louisiana's unrateable and all all and all, but with LSU struggling this year, could that open the door? Um I've said all along that I think Georgia is firmly in it with Shaz Preston. Uh, he made this he made the top four the other day. I talked to him and his father and and uh, they are adamant that they are going to do their due diligence on all four of those schools. Sorry, I got Nat flying around my head here, but uh, yeah, they're going to do their due diligence on all four of those schools. And Georgia has that that Louisiana connection with Cortez Hankton. So Trent, I mean, what's it going to take to excuse me to get a guy like a Shaz Preston out of uh, Louisiana? I mean, it's just going to take relationships. I think the relationships are going to be key. I know he's got the relationship with Cortez Hankton. I think building a relationship with the rest of the offensive staff, you know, along with uh, Kirby Smart, uh, having that progress over the next three or four months is going to be important because you don't, you're not going to pull a kid out of Louisiana without those relationships. Uh, you, know, you know, and uh, it hasn't happened much in the past. You know, Georgia got Van Pran, who is now starting as a redshirt freshman for Georgia. So, um, it is important in those relationships uh, over the next three or four months, getting them on campus, you know, uh, letting them get comfortable, letting the family get comfortable here, and uh, uh, we'll see what happens. But it, it'll definitely be a tough pull pulling him at Louisiana, but it's, it's uh, Georgia's definitely in it. I do think, though, that if LSU continues to struggle, and Ed Orgeron, let's, let's you know face it, he's not far behind Clay Helton. I don't think if LSU loses too many more games, especially – the way they've lost games with the, their defense. I, I I said I put a comment, somebody on I, – I was talking about Kentucky, and I said, hey, Kentucky could be – is likely to be undefeated when, when they face Georgia. And they are like, you know they have to play Florida and LSU, right? I was like, well, Florida has thrown four picks against USF and 
uh, USF and FAU and LSU's defense looks like he couldn't play dead in a Western right now. So, um, you know, we're just trying to, if that keeps happening and and LSU keeps losing, I think some of these kids may may look elsewhere, especially if Ed O were to to lose his job. Texas uh, takes a big hit. You know, Texas is one of his four contenders. They take a big hit, looking like trash against Arkansas. Arkansas really just manhandled them. So, you know, we we'll see we'll see what happens with Shaz Preston here. One of our favorites here, Scuffle Town Dog. Jed, he said, names of guys that y'all think UGA is making a priority and could possibly sign in the 23 class. So, Jed, you've invested a lot in these uh, 2023 guys, uh, getting to know some of them. Who would you say are some of the priorities? Arch Manning does not count. Okay, so let's let's see. I got my I got my whiteboard. You know, I'm, I got the coaches. I got a big more of my own. I'm looking at over there. So, um, running back, obviously, look at Justice Haynes, Ruben Owens, and um, and Richard Young. Those are the top three, or three of the top guys in the country. And Georgia's RVU is naturally in on those guys. You look at, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but offensive line is a really good, you know, in-state group. You got Matt Sanker, you got Bo Hewley, you got um, Miles McVeigh from East St. Louis. Um, gosh, there were so many of those guys out at the, at that Rivals Fives. Oh, Braden Joyner is another guy. TJ uh, Shanahan out in Texas. Shanahan, right. I mean, there's so many guys that we saw um, at that five-star challenge. And that was even before TJ Shanahan, you know, really – that was kind of the kickstart to his summer, you know, winning offensive line MVP there. And so, and, and there were, there were so many guys there. And then defensive back, you look at, you know, there's AJ Harris, Ethan nation, Caleb downs, um, Kay and Lee, just to name a few off the top of my head that Georgia's all um, right there in on. So those are, you know, I don't want to, you know, name every 2023 prospect that, that Georgia sent an offer out to already, but those are, you know, three position groups, I think that are very deep and that Georgia's, you know, in, in, in strong can, strong position here um early with with several of the top guys in those groups no doubt and what position is most uh, what position groups most close to kirby smart's heart it is that db group and you're not going to find a more talented group of dbs than caleb downs michael daughtery and kay and lee right here in the state of georgia like you said Kirby Smart, Dan Lanning, Jamila Dye are going to do everything possible to try to land two of at least two of those three uh, in this class. Um, and you know when you're when you're talking about 2023 guys as well, a couple names that I think we need to throw out there that isn't one that they didn't run on the radar. But I talked to C.J. Washington this week, the Georgia commit out of Cedartown. He spent a lot of time with C.J. Allen out of Lamar County, a inside linebacker that isn't like some, you know, highly rated prospect, but is just a fantastic high school football player, well-built. Um, Trent, those kind of guys that maybe people don't see early on, Georgia, I mean, Georgia's been doing this a while under Kirby Smart. They they know what coaches to talk to. They know uh, what what schools to uh, you know track down and and what guys that they like when they come to their camp. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're looking for a particular guy at at the positions. You know, I've seen a lot of times where uh, I guess a defensive back highly highly touted uh, or ranked highly and and all the recruit or the rankings and and Georgia passes on him because they, it just doesn't fit the style of play that, that uh, the coaches are looking for. So they're really looking for it. I mean, they're not, they're not searching the rivals for 100 and looking for their prospects. They're, they're out looking for the, the type of prospects that are going to fill their defensive needs or their offensive needs, There's certain type of prospects. And, and, and uh, I, I guess it's out of the classroom as well. I mean, out of the football field in the classroom, stuff like that. 
I, I, I was told uh, one of the first questions uh, they'll ask, like the coaches, stuff, how the grades or, or how, how are these kids that they'll spend a the day at their school just kind of seeing um, how their attitudes like and how the, how they uh, are in, in the school. So um, the coach is looking for a lot, looking for their type prospects. And uh, um, I think this, you know, that, that's what they're looking for now in 23. No doubt, no doubt. And uh, recruiting here is huge. You can tell by the audience we have in here on the YouTube channel. Guys, everybody watching, uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you go ahead and do us uh, two things real quick, a favor. Hit that notification button and go ahead and hit the subscribe and like on the uh, on the page right now. That really helps us out a lot, and we, we appreciate everybody tuning in. we got a couple more questions here from you on the vault. Buckhead. Dog 24 says any USC transfer possibilities like Corey Foreman. I realize it's during the season and he may wait for the new coach to be announced, but still curious. Uh, Corey Foreman was definitely right there in it with Georgia, but you know, Corey Foreman uh, was right there in it with about five teams. It seems like he was like the Jordan Birch of the, the year before, you know, everybody thought they were signing Corey Foreman uh, until right there at the end, it, it became apparent that it was going to be USC, but I think it's really early to tell on that, and uh, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. But you know, if Corey Foreman hits the portal, you can guarantee that Georgia uh, will be all over that. And then, of course, you know, there's there's a natural tie uh, connection to Georgia with um, JT Daniels uh, having having been there. So I'm sure he's got connections back to USC guys as well that he wouldn't mind doing a little recruiting if uh, some of his buddies hit the portal. Now DB. Dog seven. What are the chances Bear enrolls at IMG? And if he were to do so, would that affect UGA and or TAMU Texas A&M chances with him? What about Roddy's notes about Gunner would like to see him at Rayburn? He says Rayburn. It's it's Rayburn, but uh, lots of people pronounce it Rayburn, so he just typed it like that. A lot of people pronounce it right. So Trent, um, what do you think? IMG bound for Bear Alexander and uh, you know Gunner Stockton trying to get him to Rayburn County. I mean, if you're it, as far away from Texas you can get him, the better the chances for Georgia. Um, it, it, if you're, it, it's Georgia Texas and about if you get an IMG, you get in Raven County, it's the type of Georgia chances either one of them. So uh, to me, uh, it, what if he if he does indeed transfer to IMG, yes, it's helping Georgia's chances. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, IMG's kind of been a pipeline there, uh, Jed. I mean, three. You know, three, four games into a high school season, though, uh, I don't know the likelihood of uh, G of the members of the GHSA allowing uh, Bear Alexander to come in there without petitioning uh, Jabo Shaw in Raven County and and trying to turn him in for some kind of nefarious activity. If that were to happen, the logistics of that would be troubling, wouldn't it? Yeah, man, I I, I don't know. It's just it's one of those things where where at this point you just kind of shrug your shoulders and say like whatever's going to happen will, will happen. I think, you know, I've seen on the, obviously I'm newer to the, to the recruiting uh, world than y'all are, but I've, I've seen people, this is what bears third high school in four years or, or something like that. I mean, it, that's four for four. Keep, keep going four for four. Okay. Even better. He's, he's, he's trying to go five for four, man. Five schools in four he's, years. He's batting a thousand, which speaking of batting a thousand, Ryan Rayburn, uh, Rayburn County, great baseball player. But um, yeah, there you go. So that's what I thought of anyway. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's one of those. It's, I mean, but I agree with what Trent said. You know, the further you can get him out of Texas, IMG Rayburn, um, you know, he could he could transfer to my Madison County. Yeah, he's saying Rayburn. We got Jed saying Rayburn now. <laughs> Rayburn, whatever. Rayburn. Um, 
Rayburn, he could transfer to my Madison County Red Raiders right down the road. It doesn't really matter. Um, anywhere. Ain't nobody, wanna, ain't nobody wanna go there. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I disagree. I know some people. Trent, we know some people in uh, Fire Branch in North Hall that can get him a job, get get a parent, his parents a job around here in Gainesville. I'm sure you know something like that can happen. So, uh, who knows? Uh, what now? I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> I know how that works around here in Hall County, but uh, in terms of ASU dog, does the play of FSU and the unstable future of their head coach event eventually lead? Hunter decommitting. So this is how we'll end our show tonight, uh, Trent. Travis Hunter, he's been locked in. I mean, just, you know, just foot to foot there with uh, right there with Mike Norvell. That's his guy. Does the heartbreaking, stunning, hilarious loss to Jacksonville State, the way that they lost that game, does that – and then – I got to add this in there, an offensive lineman for Florida State proposing to his girlfriend after the game. Do all these factors. Yeah, after he lost that game, he proposes to his girlfriend while Jacksonville State is celebrating, uh, you know, in Florida State Stadium. But that's beside the point. Trent, does any of those factors lead you to think that Travis Hunter at some point decommits from Florida State? Travis Hunter's been so locked into Florida State. It's hard to imagine. It, it's going to take a lot for for him to to decommit from Florida State. You know, if he does, uh, he is from Florida. Uh, he's. I, I just don't. I don't know. I, I I think it's going to take a lot for him to decommit from Florida State. You know, I haven't even thought about it because he's just been so locked in. Um, I I, mean, I would be willing to bet that, that Georgia would try to get into it. Georgia could get into it. Uh, uh, with him, but because uh, he is close with a bunch of he plays he plays seven on seven with a lot of these kids. I mean, he's he's with Gunner Stockton and all them, but it's going to take a lot for him to commit from Florida State. I agree. I was going to read some of the YouTube uh, comments right here. We appreciate everybody in the in the YouTube chat, by the way. But just understand, if you're asking questions in the YouTube chat, we'll we'll acknowledge them every once in a while. But our loyal members of the UGA Sports Dog uh, event and the UGA Sports vault are going to get their questions answered first so uh you know we've got some people over here saying first time uh vincent white says first time watching this is awesome we appreciate that vincent we uh we, we try to work hard each week to put together good content for you guys uh, make sure to turn in tune in to the uh show tomorrow the podcast at noon with jim donnan and Rodney nabolsi and uh dane young and you know, we we just appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. Like I said, hit the like button, subscribe, turn on notifications. And um, tomorrow on UGASports.com, we'll have this as a content item over there and uh, where you can get it via podcast uh, platforms as well. Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, Google Podcast, all that stuff. So, uh, Jed, Trent, anything else before we uh, before we sign off tonight? Y'all leave shirt suggestions for me in the comments. Yes. Tell us what shirt, what what professional team. He's got his Browns cup up behind his head. He's got his Red Sox shirt on. So, you know, he got his heart broken yesterday by Patrick Mahomes uh, once again. Uh, Trent, any any kind of uh, – any other recruiting topics you want to touch on before we sign off tonight or save it save it uh, for after the people visit on uh, South Carolina week? No, I'm just expecting more visitors, more 22 visitors this week. Uh, more names will pop up throughout the week. Uh, it'll be interesting. Ernest Green. 
Uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 monitoring the Michael Williams situation just because you might see him pop in Athens after after all this USC stuff. So there's a couple things that to monitor, but I think it's going to be a big uh, with it being night game, SEC game, uh, uh, SEC opener. Uh, there'll be a lot more 22 kids there, and uh, it should be should be uh, fun to watch. No doubt. So this has been a. Another episode of Georgia Recruiting Rumors versus Fact. Look to see if uh, Oscar Delp and uh, Ernest Green are supposed to be there. Look to see if Michael Williams shows up. This show is brought to you like the other shows by Dead the Dead Soxie Company. They're sponsored here on UJSports.com. For Jed May and Trent Smallwood, I'm Blaine Gilmer, and we'll catch you next Monday at 8.15.